Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Adam Paulson and today I'll be talking to you about hematoxylin and eosin staining, exploring its mechanism of action and discuss the structures it effectively stains. Histology is the study of tissues and their microscopic structures. It plays a crucial role in biological research, aiding our understanding of cellular organization and pathology. Tissue staining is a fundamental technique used in histology to enhance contrast and visualize cellular and tissue components. Among the various staining methods, hematoxylin and eosin staining is probably the most widely used. So why do we need to stain tissues? Once a tissue specimen has been processed by an histology lab and transferred onto a glass slide, it needs to be appropriately stained for microscopic evaluation. This is because unstained tissue lacks contrast. All of the fixed materials have a similar refractive index and a similar colour. If you viewed an unstained tissue section under the microscope, everything would appear a uniform dull grey colour. The staining process therefore makes use of various dyes that stain particular cell components within tissues so that you can distinguish different cell parts from each other. For routine examination, H&E is the stain of choice. It adds colour to otherwise transparent tissue sections so that you can get a detailed view of the tissue structure under a microscope. As the name suggests, H&E is a combination of two dyes, hematoxylin and eosin. The two stains were independently introduced in 1865 and 1875 respectively by Bomer and Fischer and in 1876, Wazowski described their use in combination as a tissue staining method for staining structures in different colours. Despite its simplicity, the stain has stood the test of time. Even now, over a century later, H&E remains among the most frequently used tissue stains worldwide. So how does H&E staining work? Ionic bonding is the most important type of bonding in histological staining methods. It exploits electrostatic attraction between ions of opposite charge, one of which is fixed in the tissue and the second of which is in the dye. Hematoxylin and eosin do not colour randomly. Instead, the dyes exploit differences in the chemistry of the tissue to differentially colour various tissue components. Hematoxylin alone is not technically a dye and will not directly stain tissue. It needs to be combined with a mordant, a compound that helps link it to the tissue. The mordant is typically a metal cation such as aluminium. Hematoxylin in complex with aluminium is cationic and acts as a basic dye. Because it is positively charged, it combines to negatively charged basophilic cell components such as nucleic acids in the nucleus. These get stained blue or purple as a result. Eosin is anionic and acts as an acidic dye. It is negatively charged and can bind to positively charged acidophilic components in the tissues, such as amino groups on proteins in the cytoplasm. These are typically stained in various shades of pink. So what specifically can you stain using H&E stain? Hematoxylin stains cell nuclei and ribosomes blue or purple. Eosin stains the cytoplasm, collagen, and the extracellular matrix shades of pink or red. Because that H&E stain is ionic, it's poor at staining most neutral components, including lipids, glycogen and mucus. If you need to stain these structures and are wondering which stain to pick, check out the free poster which you can download via the link in the episode description. So that's it for the beginner's guide to hematoxylin and eosin staining. 
Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your bench site. Flow Stars is back with Season 4. The podcast from Bettman Kung to Bite Size Bio and hosted by me, Peter O'Toole from the University of York. I'll bring you closer to the big names and the rising stars of flow cytometry and get to know the leaders and those rising stars outside of the lab and more personally. Grad school was a struggle for me, mostly because I wasn't sure what I was doing. I have, I don't know, 150 different spices, 130 cookbooks, so many kitchen gadgets. My kitchen is like a lab. What we do, we do it out of love for what we do. And that's a very different motivation. And I don't know that that's something you can teach. All this and more in season four of Flow Stars. Really hope you enjoy them. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than Listen In, the podcast from Bite Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format. With webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy. With Listen In, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.